everyone, and welcome to our eighth show. I'm Dana. And I'm Jim. Today, we'll be talking about New York City versus Chicago pizza, the fence bar, and many other interesting topics. But first, beer. Today's beer is brought to us by Von Trapp Brewing, which is located in Stowe, Vermont, up in ski country. Uh, Von Trapp offers 12 styles of beer. They are all lagers. Today's style, we are trying the Kolsch. It is a German ale. The O in Kolsch has an umlaut. Oh, Jesus. The O in Kolsch <laughs> has an umlaut. It's three episodes of this podcast. We've said umlaut. I already have a question. You said they make all lagers. This is an ale. Is it the one ale? This must be the one ale. Okay. Yeah. Boom. Got it. I don't know. They said they offered 12 styles of beer. They were all lager. Okay. Uh, ABV on this Kolsch, which is an ale... Uh, is 5.0. The IBU is 28. Uh, this beer was traditionally brewed in Cologne, Germany. Uh, it is a true summer session ale. Uh, this Kolsch utilizes new experimental German hop strains, all of which combine to provide a hoppy explosion packed in every bottle. Hmm. They have a beer hall up in Stowe, Vermont, which is open Monday to Sunday, 11.30 a.m. to 9 p.m. This is on my bucket list of breweries to visit. Nice. Uh, this style of beer is available from April 1st to August 1st, uh, and they offer brewery tours Tuesday, 6 to 7 p.m., Saturday and Sunday, 1 to 2 p.m. So if you want to try out the Von Trapp beer... You can go to our favorite spot, the Beer Noggin in Bronxville, <laughs> New York, where we obtain this bottle. This is actually the first bottle yeah. and not a can that we're tasting. Uh, and let's try it out. Cheers. First, when you look at it, it's like very straw-like in color, very yellow. Uh, I do get a little, little happiness. Normally, I don't expect that when I think of Kolsch. It's like hoppy, bready goodness. Yeah. I, I enjoy uh, all... The, I have enjoyed all of the beers that I've tried from Von Trapp. I have not tried all of their styles. I feel like it's your favorite brewery. You really, really like their beers. Yeah, I do. I enjoy them. Um, let's see. What, are they, what, are the, what else do they offer here? I have them pulled up here. That Their Golden Hellas is tremendous. I really... I. I like that a lot. They have a Bohemian Pilsner, a uh, Vienna-style lager, a Dunkel lager, an Oktoberfest lager, a uh, Double India Pale lager. That's an 8.0. Mm. I'll have to try that one on a future episode. Uh, they have a Bach beer. And they have a Hoppy Marzen. Uh, a few others as well. But um, So, let's kind of jump right into our... <laughs> I know you're ready for this Yeah, topic. this is pretty <laughs> much uh, one of my favorite uh, topics, things, foods, um, and especially coming from New York, uh, it's something that I take very seriously. So when Dana, <laughs> when Dana and I travel out of state, um, I refuse to have pizza anywhere else. <laughs> Uh, this is a thing for me. I'm pretty serious about it. However, we just went to Chicago... And they do things a little bit differently from New York style uh, thin crust. So we had to go to Frank Magnati's and try the deep dish. We both really enjoyed it. And I'm going to have Dana just kind of go through the most popular places 
uh, to get traditional Chicago-style deep dish. So, as you all know by now, I'm from Louisiana. I'm going to say something that offends my husband's whole life to its core. I don't like pizza. You okay? You going to be all right? That's not true because you used to eat it. Um, I eat pizza when I'm hungry. It doesn't satiate anything. It doesn't... I never... like. I Have you ever heard me say, Oh, let's have pizza tonight. All right. I'm good. Oh, <laughs> so... Just talk about the Chicago pizza, please. So, my point in saying that is, like, I know nothing about pizza, so <clears throat> I was intrigued. Like, where did pizza start from in Chicago? So, I looked that up. I found out. And this blew me away. Uh, it's reported that Chicago-style deep dish was invented by Pizzeria Uno. In 1943, by founder Mike Sewell, had no idea that this chain pizzeria was like the beginning of pizza in Chicago. It's so disappointing. But, okay, hold on. But an article in 1965 says, uh, from the Daily News says that Uno's original chef, Rudy Malnati, developed the recipe. Ah. So... Little, little, I don't know. Little so shady is going is on. Is Rudy there. related to I don't Lou? know. I didn't look that up. Oh, um, so I'm yeah, dying. You, you said Frank Malnati before. It's Lou Malnati's we went to. Um, but I oh, looked my up. Bad. So I know my husband also is going to not agree with this list because when we went to Chicago, he told me three or four places are these supposed to be the top places to go to in Chicago. I think he had one or two of the others. That's why we went to Lou Malnati's because he hadn't had that one before. He asked me to look into the top three places to go for pizza in Chicago. None of the places that he said are on this list. I'm going with this list. It's by Time Out Chicago, written this year. I'm going with people in Chicago. So I went with people who actually are from and live in Chicago. How do you know this person isn't from Chicago and they doesn't live in Chicago? You, you have no idea who wrote this. All right. All right, let's see. All right, let's go. Let's, well, we got to find out who did all the, like, who wrote this because... All right, anyway, number one. Supposedly, the best place in Chicago to get pizza is Piquad's. What name is that? The unofficial reigning champ among locals. Piquad has two locations, Morton Grove and Lincoln Park, making it easy to get substantial pizza uh, with generous uh, selections of toppings. You can't really go wrong with any combination of ingredients. The pizza here is known for its caramelized halo created by sprinkling cheese edge to edge and baking till it's crisp and brown but our favorite part of the pie is the sauce which you told me about the sauce is a big deal in chicago refreshingly bright and undoctored and tastes like fresh tomatoes so supposedly that's number one among the locals in chicago number two the art of pizza this lakeview institution offers a standout pie and whether you order an entire 12-inch pizza or go stop for a stacked slice, you're bound to get the authentic Chicago experience. The art of pizza's crust is crust, uh, sorry, cracker crust. Is typical, is it cracker crust? Uh, but it, blah, 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 blah. It's saying it's cracker-like crust. I don't remember having the crust being cracker-like. That's throwing me off a little bit. Um, but that's supposed to be number two. And let's go to number three, because I know you're chomping at the bit over here. Chicago Pizza and Oven Grinder Co. A grinder is a sandwich, like a Subway or a Po' Boy or a Hokey? Yeah, is that what a grinder a, is? It's a wedge. Sorry, my I'm in New York now. My bad. It, it's, it's a wedge. It's a wedge of bread. It's, it's a wedge. 
or a po' boy, whatever, tucked in a cozy basement space in Lincoln Park. Lincoln Park, again. This pizzeria has only a handful of tables and a large tourist draw. So you may want to avoid the wait at peak hours instead, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, this is pretty much saying the same thing. And All right, I might believe you that these aren't the best. It kind of all described them as the same. So I also printed out information on Lou Malnati's because that's the place we went to. That is the only deep dish I've ever had from Chicago. I thought it was delicious. And this is a girl who does not like pizza. So I looked into Lou Malnati's a little bit. It is considered the oldest family name in Chicago pizza. Lou Malnati's is as rich in history as it is in flavor. Lou Malnati got his start in 1940s working in Chicago's first deep dish pizzeria. He took his pizza expertise to Lincolnwood, the northern hub of Chicago, where he and his wife Jean opened the first Lou Malnati's pizzeria on March 17th, 1971. Wow, in the 70s, okay. Lou was known for his fun-loving character as well as making Chicago's best pizza. Pizza. <laughs> pizza. It's the I've first had episode. two sips of beer. Loyal patrons lined the streets on opening day for a taste of delicious, delicious deep dish creations. <laughs> Lou was always thought to be thought it funny that an Italian should open up a pizzeria in a Jewish neighborhood on an Irish holiday. That's pretty funny. But that was Lou's style. He loved all types of people and didn't care much about what people thought. So, we went to Chicago. I had a slice of, it was vegetables. I don't eat meat. Who brought us it there? It was delicious. Who brought us there? Tell them about our, your friend. My buddy's a college basketball teammate who's originally from out in, uh, out that way in Indiana. Uh, lives in Chicago. He lives up in Wrigleyville. Mason, thank you so much. Uh, he met us at Lou Malnati's and kind of guided us on what to order. Uh, had a couple of slices with us. We got caught up with him. Uh, so thank you for taking the time out of did your schedule you to do like that. Did you like the pizza? Yes, I really enjoyed it. I did, yes. Okay, I have one more thing to add. Um, they have trademarked their crust. They call it butter crust. Okay. Supposedly that's the thing with all deep dish. It's supposed to have a buttery crust, but they literally trademark the term butter crust. Nice. <laughs> awesome. So there's, you know, Malnati's, there's Geno's, uh, Geno's East. So they, they, Geno's and Malnati's have multiple locations throughout the city of Chicago. Um, and those are like the top two. Um, the sauces are a little bit different. I think Geno's sauce is a little bit sweeter. Uh, so if you talk to a Chicagoan, they're going to kind of argue it out uh, as to which, uh, which place they love the best. Um, and then we're going to kind of fly over two hours to New York from Chicago <laughs> and talk about some of the best pizza places on planet Earth. He's so excited! And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just going to kind of run through the names and kind of where they're located. Uh, but it really did all start with Lombardi's um, in the village. This place is the first pizza shop to open in the United States of America. Impressive. It opened in 1905. Uh, so the 1970s in Chicago, yeah, okay. Oh wow, we got this on lock. <laughs> we started doing it first here in the states. Uh, Lombardi's alumni, so so pizza makers from Lombardi's, went on to open some of New York City's other legendary pizza shops. Totono's in Coney Island, absolutely delicious. John's in the West Village. John's has multiple locations. Patsy's in East Harlem which cements New York as the one and only pizza town. Wow. 
Joe and Pat's in Staten Island. I was out in Staten Island for business uh, a couple weeks back. My buddy Sharif told me to try out Pat and John, uh, Joe and Pat's. My apologies. Uh, I was not able to get over there based on my meeting schedule. Uh, and uh, another thing that I want to mention here is, you know, we're talking about New York City pizza, but I grew up in Westchester County. My One of my favorite pies, yes, I'll say it, pie. People in the Midwest say pizza. No, it's a pie. You get a slice I thought it was a pizza pie. pie. Oh. It is a pizza pie, but we just say pie in New York. That's You shorten everything. It makes it easy. <laughs> you want to go get a pie? You want to get pies? What do you want to do? We're not going to get raspberry, rhubarb, blueberry pie. We're going to get pizza. Wow. Um, now, <laughs> another spot, which is pretty cool, is Mario's. It's in the Belmont section of the Bronx. Uh, scene from The Godfather was filmed there. Oh! Uh, and also, many, many years later, uh, The Sopranos uh, used it as a location in one of their episodes. And the pizza is absolutely phenomenal. So, as opposed to deep dish in Chicago, what we do here in New York is thin crust. It's all about the thin crust. Uh, it's all about you know how they make the sauce at each place. Um, it's not about these dollar slice places in Midtown that have absolutely crap, like Elio's comparison, like pizza. That's what I knew when I moved to New York. It's like, oh, dollar slices are everywhere. And I was like, this is not good. Uh, cheap ingredients. They're just churning them out. Yeah. For people on the go. Everybody's on the go, right? Everybody's in a rush in New York. So, uh, oh, also, going up in Westchester, I got to get back to this. Capriccio's Pizzeria in Cronon Hudson, New York, my hometown, is phenomenal. They've done a phenomenal job uh, throughout the years. Uh, the sons have gone on to take over the business. Uh, my former boss, I used to work there as a delivery guy, uh, Mike Machia, the father uh, recently passed away. So rest in peace to him. Uh, and the best of luck to the two brothers, uh, Mike and Rob, moving forward. Um, that's it. Like, case closed. New I have York, a question. New York pizza is the best pizza on the face of the earth. So of your list you, you read, I know the one in Staten Island you haven't had, but all the rest, have you tasted pizzas from all, or pies, I'm sorry, from all these places? Yes. Yes. What's your favorite? What's your, other than Capriccio's, which you grew up on, for the New York City ones, which is your favorite? Oh, I don't know. It'd have to be probably tied between Lombardi's and John's. Wow. No Patsy's? I thought that would be your pick. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, like, I like them all. It's just... Lombardi's been doing it for so long they, okay. they got a hold on what they're doing alright cool um, you, uh, you're a little aggressive in that segment like you <laughs> I had to get it out take it so seriously I had to get it off my chest <laughs> you know it's it's funny you get different views from different people and different opinions on pizza uh, and you're all wrong he's right and yeah sorry <laughs> case closed the buck stops here when it goes to reviewing pizza but if uh just look up any of these places that i mentioned in the podcast on google you just use your googly moogly and look it up and and uh go and try them out and let us know what you guys think you can leave us a voicemail on the anchor app um the anchor podcast app uh or go to the web web anchor web page and leave us a voicemail through there and if you live in chicago please let us know if the top three in this article are legit the top three i am very curious let us know what the fuck a paquad is because <laughs> we have no clue i have to look up how to pronounce it it's, it sounds like a french name I for know. an italian pizza spot which is insane to me uh, what are we talking about next we are talking about the fence bar Oh, this is awesome. This is great. So, 
I had the opportunity to meet one of the co-hosts of a YouTube show called The Fence Bar. Uh, his name is Sharif. Uh, he lives up in kind of in between Ossining and Tarrytown or Sleepy Hollow. It's kind of it's called it's a section called Scarborough um, in, here in Westchester County. So he lives right near the Hudson River uh, on the west side of the county, and. I got the chance to have a beer with him at the beer noggin while he was talking to Doug, the owner, uh, about doing some customized apparel, some shirts for them, because uh, that's what he does on so, uh, uh, full time. Uh, this is kind of like a side hobby that him and his uh, his neighbor Sean uh, have come up with. So they created a YouTube channel, and they started a show based on them being neighbors with one another and sharing beers and conversation over the fence that divides their two properties. Uh, here in, in the Northeast or New York where every, everything is rushed and uh, you, know, you, you spend your Saturdays and Sundays trying to get your, your errands done and, and your yard work done. Uh, if you have kids, you're running them around to different events. And we get so busy and wrapped up in our own lives that usually, sometimes we don't take a, uh, a look over the fence or, or cross that property line to shake a neighbor's hand, get to know them, get to know where they're originally from, get to know their family members, uh, and really kind of open up that dialogue. So these guys have taken the opportunity of being neighbors to create this awesome show where they review beers, um, they invite neighbors from their uh, local neighborhood to come over and hang out with them while they're actually filming the show. Uh, he extended an invitation to Dana and I after I told him what we were doing with the Butt First Beer uh, podcast. And we were actually going out of town and we, we weren't able to go. So the next time that they film, I think in August, I think we're going to... Uh, to visit them. So tell me about this uh, YouTube show. Like, what goes on on the show? It's him and the neighbor, and what are they doing? Yeah. So they obviously uh, it's called Fence Bar. So they've created this bar where they review different craft beers. They invite brewers from different local breweries to come over and hang out with them to discuss their brewing process, their you know their the kind of thought process that went into the recipes of their beers. Um, and then also to promote, you know, their brewery. Uh, but, you know, these guys are, are doing something really, really cool. So check them out on YouTube. Just go to YouTube and type in Fence Bar. You can visit their website at fencebar.com. Uh, Sharif and Sean, we look forward to meeting you. Uh, and we'll I believe there is an episode with some people we know. I think there was an episode with Shauna of The Green Growler. That is correct. And there was also an episode with Doug and Brendan. Yes, they were very thankful to Doug and Brendan for bringing the beer that night. Too. Oh. Yeah. So Doug, Doug was like the ultimate beer man. <laughs> Doug, Doug and Brendan, sorry, were the ultimate beer men uh, when they went up there and they they kind of sat in for an episode um, and hung out. So Doug, like, Doug was talking to me about it the other day and he was like, you and Dana definitely have to go up and hang out. I'm down. All right, so we're definitely looking forward to that. Uh, Next, I want to talk about something um, a little more, I don't know, more uh, serious, I guess. My friends and I are running a 5K at the end of September. It is called the Tunnel to Towers Race. It happens every year in New York. It's been going on since 2002. 
The run is in honor of firefighter Steven Siller. If you don't know who he is, I'll give you a little background. Firefighter Steven Siller was the youngest of seven children. At the age of eight, Steven lost his father, and a year and a half later, he lost his mother, leaving him to be raised by his older siblings. Thanks to the love of those siblings, he grew up to be an extraordinary individual and dedicated firefighter. More than most, he knew that time was precious and accomplished much in his 34 years. On September 11, 2001, Stephen was assigned to the Brooklyn Squad 1 and had just finished his shift and was on his way to play golf with his brothers when he got word over the scanner of a plane hitting the North Tower of the World Trade Center. Upon hearing the news, Stephen called his wife and asked her to tell his brothers he would catch up with them later. He returned to Squad 1 to get his gear. Stephen drove his truck to the entrance of the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel that had already been closed for security purposes, determined to carry out his duty. He strapped on his 60 pounds of gear to his back and raced on foot through the tunnel to the Twin Towers where he gave up his life while saving others. So we all remember 9-11. Um, very, very, very crazy day if you lived in New York City. Affect us, affected us all in different ways. My friend and I, Maura, found out about this race. We didn't know what was going on. Like I said, it started the very year after. It started out small. I think there were 1,500 people that started in the beginning. It has become a huge thing. It's televised every year. You literally run the same path that he ran. We start off in Brooklyn and Red Hook and we run to the tower. So it's a little more than a, a 5K. Normally a 5K is 3.1 miles, but since we're, we're doing his actual run, it's three and a half. It is an amazing day. I've never run a race like this. When you get closer to the towers, there are military on either side. One side, they're all holding American flags. On the other side, they're all holding um, posters of the fallen fighters from that day. It's crazy. Um, there are so many people running the race that were injured that day, and they have prosthetic limbs, and they're running with you. It is crazy and inspiring and beautiful and wonderful. And when you get to the end, there's a big party in Runner's Village, what they call it. I believe it's on Vesey Street. When you get to the end of the run, there's free food and drinks. There's always live music. The first few years I ran it, it was the Lieutenant Dan Band. Mm -hmm. Lieutenant Dan from Forrest Gump. Like, he literally is the singer of <clears throat> bands. Gary Sinise. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. He was amazing. I, I don't know if they're still down there. I haven't run in the past few years. I ran 2012 to 2015. I have a team of 10 right now. I named our team. We thought they said rum. Ha ha. Uh, it should be a great day. I'm super excited. Just wanted to tell you guys about it. If you're unaware of it, it is on September 30th. Starts at 9.30 a.m. If you're interested in registering, uh, just Google Tunnel to Towers. I believe you can register until the night before if you want to run without a timing chip. If you want to run with the chip, I believe you have to register by the 24th. It is $65 right now for no chip. If you take too long, it'll be $75 no chip. You can register the day of. Just have to go to the IKEA parking lot in Red Hook. And the day of, the price is $80 with no chip. 
it is an amazing day even if you aren't a runner guys it's a great day i have a bunch of people on my team who have run marathons to people who haven't run in years and they're most likely going to end up walking so it's a beautiful day come hang out with us if you are going let us know on instagram let me know what your team name is uh take pictures of yourself on that day and tag us in it that'd be cool i'll do the same uh, that's all. Just wanted to let you know what a wonderful thing this is. And all the money goes to his foundations, which helps pay for children who have lost their parents. And he has a bunch of other charities under his umbrella. So all the money goes to wonderful causes. Uh, that's it. So next up, we're going to talk about our niece, who actually has a Twitter account. She's down in Louisiana, and her name is Ella, and we love her dearly. And Dana is going to kind of read some of these out loud because they're absolutely hilarious. She doesn't have a cell phone and doesn't write these. Her mother writes them for her, but it's all, you know, actual content that comes out yeah, of Ella's Yeah, so mouth. what you need to know about Ella is that she's six years old, and the sassiest little girl you ever met uh she's absolutely wonderful we can't get enough of her the things that come out of her mouth are insane to me so i just want to go read a few things that she's actually said to one of her parents anybody else uh here we go first one daddy if you die soon i'm just gonna put you in the backyard so i can talk to you my brother says so you're just gonna put me out there so things can get me Ella responds, well, it's not like you feel anything. <laughs> what? Because you'll be dead. Because you'll be dead. <laughs> First of all, when do kids that are that young understand death? Like, she completely, i it's boggling my mind. Next. Ella says, remember when you said I really wanted to talk back to you, but I knew I'd get in trouble? Now would you like to hear what I was going to say? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I've been having a shrinking spurt because I haven't been feeling very hungry lately. <laughs> Why do they say practice makes perfect when all it really does is make you better? <laughs> Maybe cigarettes are like concessions for adults because even though I know it's not good for you, I love sugar and I can't say no. <laughs> we saw her eat her first cake when she was one. I feel like it's typical, but and it she was wasn't a even. She wasn't really into it. Every Halloween they go... She was grabbing fistfuls. Yeah, of it. every yeah. Halloween they go trick-or-treating and she gets like a few things in her bucket. She's like, all right, I want to go home because she's not used to eating sugar like that. See how long that lasts. How can ants go in and out of an ant pile when they are heavier than the pile? These are like deep thoughts. <laughs> Do you need love to survive? Do you know the story of the two gazelles? One lost his mom, so they used a stuffed animal, and it died. I don't know why. I guess it was an experiment. <laughs> First of all, who are the two gazelles? I, have no <laughs> I do not know. Does a hen have a vagina? What do they call it where the egg comes from? <laughs> you know what? There will never be another yesterday. Because it already happened. And you can never go back again. Because it's over. She's brilliant. She is a little <laughs> genius. I got one more. I think I'm going to start calling you mom instead of mommy. I'm just too old and it sounds childish. <laughs> She's six! <laughs> I'm just too old. <laughs> and it sounds childish. 
stop this. You oh, are God. a child. <laughs> That's all the time we got, kids. If you are thirsty for more, please subscribe to our podcast. Jim, where can they find us? You guys can listen to us on iTunes Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Spreaker, Overcast, anywhere else uh, you can, any other apps that you listen to your podcast on, just search for But First, comma, Beer, period. Or you, And you can also follow us on our Instagram handle, which is ButFirst.Beer. Uh, that's where we kind of cover you know everything we go over in the episodes. We post pictures and probably post some pictures of different places that we visit to try different beers. So. Please comment and let us know if there's any beers that you would let want us to try, your favorites, certain breweries. Just drop us a line. Jim and Dana, out. <laughs> Bye.